Nicole, thank you so much for doing this. Um, for folks who don't know who you are, if you could introduce yourself briefly. I've been uh, greatly appreciating your guys' videos and keeping us updated. And so, yeah, introduce yourself to the folks who may not know who you are. Hi, my name is Nicole Johnson-Zian. I'm originally from the U.S., but I've lived here in Israel for for over 20 years, actually in Jerusalem, where I got to meet you, Ruslan, a couple months ago. That was really cool. Yes, yes, and you've been on the channel before, along with your yep. amazing, amazing husband, my Armenian yep. brother. Yes, that's right, that's right. <laughs> Okay, so you've been keeping us updated. I'm going to link your channel below for people who want more updated information. Um, so I think the world is watching this stuff. It's, it's very confusing. People have a lot of questions. Um, if you could give us just kind of a backdrop for what's been happening in Israel. When we landed last year, it was uh, 11 months ago, you guys just had your election. And I remember there, there being a tension because people were like, yeah, we don't know if this is necessarily a good thing or not. This is a more conservative government, right? So can you give us a bit, a bit of context of kind of what may have led up to this? Okay. Well, you know, this was such a surprise. I mean, this is one of the biggest surprise surprises that happened in Israel in 50 years. So literally this week is the um the 50th anniversary of the yom mm -hmm. kippur war which right. was one of the biggest military failures for israel so this is just so ironic now um in terms of the government i'm not gonna go there yet there's a lot to say about um the response and you know of course you know people are gonna have to take responsibility and there will probably be a lot of blame for the government I mean, just today I was speaking with a friend of mine and she said, well, look who Netanyahu has in the government. He has, he, I mean, the prime minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, he is a statesman. He's, he's, you know, he's been in the position for a long time, sure. And he has managed wars before and other crises, but the uh, people that have joined him in the government to form the coalition don't have this experience. So a lot of people are blaming um, part of, uh, you know, this, uh, what's happening now on the government. But um, there, there's a lot of other factors that go into it. But just to even back up something I haven't even that I have failed to say in my own videos, but I've been thinking this for a couple weeks now and something that really would not have been reported in the international media or may would have been a small story or a headline you would have seen was that for a couple of uh, just maybe two weeks ago, even um, mm -hmm. there were constant within the last two weeks, uh, daily protests at the border in Gaza, like the Gazans, mm -hmm. Palestinians that live in the Gaza Strip, which is, you know, the southern portion of Israel, mm -hmm. were actually going to the border which is a fence for the most part. So at some points it's a wall, but it's a fence. And we're protesting. And there were clashes between the protesters and, and the IDF, but you wouldn't have heard about it. There were maybe a few casualties, so it didn't make the news. And it's very isolated and it was contained. Mm. So, so now in retrospect, you have to look back and think, were they planning this? And were they maybe planting weapons or devices or monitoring the Israeli mm. military in response. Now, beyond that, so let's go back. It was October 7th. Was that Saturday? We're only on the 9th. Wow. 
So Saturday morning, we woke up between 6 and 6.30 a.m. to rockets, um, rocket alerts. And I live in Jerusalem, which is about two hours uh, north of what is happening. So I, I saw, you know, the messages. Uh, I was getting news alerts on my phone. And I said, oh, wow, it's happening again. But we've gotten a little used to these flare-ups. There's a lot of rockets. Luckily, there's an anti-missile uh, defense system, shoots them down. Usually nobody's hurt and the residents of the South get upset and the government says, oh, no, 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 we'll take care of you. And then it's all over. And, mm. you know, so so this is usually what happens. So I actually went back to sleep two hours later. We woke up to a siren in Jerusalem and we went flying, you know, out of our apartment into um, the bomb shelter and um and and that's how it began so now you know you think okay oh so the one that they usually sh shoot at jerusalem is has been done and that's it for the rest of the day but then at that point where we've got the news on and then we see it this is not just rockets i mean there were mm -hmm. rockets and thousands the estimate is between two to five thousand rockets were fired on that first day but beyond that we started getting reports that they're they infiltrated now, the media wasn't down south, the, and clearly the military wasn't either. Or they were there, but we come to find out later, they were overrun. They were, they were killed. They were, you know, their positions were overtaken. Mm. So, um, but we only find out then through whatever uh, the Hamas, uh, which is the ruling power in, in Gaza, and the, it's a terrorist organization that is actually also political, and they planned this attack and they were the ones any information that we all got at first on video was coming mm -hmm. from them wow. running through their social media channels then picked up by people who were following them you know sending it to the israeli media channels mm -hmm. and then everywhere and of course you know it's a very small world with this uh, with social media and information so we were getting that not even from media Israeli mainstream media wasn't even, of course, why would they be there? You know, and even they couldn't get close. So the news is still coming out. But what has become clear up till now is that they took, got through the border with a bulldozer. Mm -hmm. I'll explain more about the border later, about the its offense and about mm -hmm. why this is so shocking that they could get through this fence. Um, it got through that and then um, uh, took over or, or a couple of military installations on the border, mm -hmm. seemed to have killed every soldier that was there, stolen equipment, stole equipment, and then dispersed to several communities, to about two dozen communities, Israeli communities around the border. Mm -hmm. This is, again, this is six in the morning on not just any day of the week, but also uh, Saturday, which is Shabbat, a day of rest. Mm -hmm. And it was also mm -hmm. the last day of a holiday. Mm -hmm. So people were sleeping. Mm. Um, so they were in these communities by 637 in the morning. And that is when we started getting reports because, you know, everybody's got their phone that now the Israelis are loading up their stuff on social mm -hmm. media and people are starting to realize they're calling their friends, they're calling family and they were under attack. Mm. There's one we just found out now only now today, two full days later that on, in one um, community alone, there were 100 people killed My just there.
Yeah, the the death toll now stands officially at 900. Yeah. 900 Israelis in most of them just in that one day. This is the absolute worst military experience that Israel has had mm-hmm. as a state, you know, in 75 years. This, this, um, I mean, well, it's being compared to the Yom Kippur War, but I, I think this is, uh, this might exceed it in other ways, and we're not done. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, up until uh, now, up in, until just now, they, they just updated the, um, the death count to, to 900. Uh, some of them are soldiers. I don't know the breakdown of soldiers to civilians, but mm-hmm. here is probably where it takes it from just any military campaign to one of the worst ever is that in this amount of time in the morning, uh, on Saturday morning, they managed to kidnap 130 people oh from the Israeli side and bring them back into Gaza. Mm. And right now we have no idea, like for even for all we know, they can could have been smuggled out of Gaza mm. or, or they could be getting killed by the Israel uh, Israeli bombing right now um, oh gosh. Of, of the Gaza Strip. Yeah. So. Wow. Well, I'm glad you guys are safe. That's that's a lot. That's a lot to take in. That's a lot to process. Um, when we were there, we went to the Gaza border and we saw different communities and talk to people and kind of got an understanding of, of, of life there and that there's a real threat. And they showed us rockets that were flown over from Gaza into uh, the Southern Israel. So that was really, really uh, sobering. And I was like, man, this, this feels like we're a little too close to the action, but this is these people's reality. Like this is how they, this is normal for them is to, to be there. There's all the they're starting to like the conspiracies are starting to float in, right? Israeli yes. has one of the best intelligence agencies yes. in the world, um, and I think when people compare this to nine eleven, there's there's a couple comparisons, right? There's there's the the breach of the security aspect, then there's just the sheer volume of folks that have been lost. Israel only has nine million people, I believe, is your guys' population. Yes. So if you if you if nine you million. go by by per capita, this is three hundred times what America lost. In the 9/11 attack, so so when people say this is your guys' 9/11, this is this is real on multiple on multiple levels. Mm-hmm. Um, are there confirmed reports of other people involved in taking down the intelligence through a cyber attack or or, or something like that? Have you heard anything on the ground? Because that was the first one of the first things I heard. My friend Emmanuel was saying that they were getting reports, and they said they were unconfirmed, but that Iran was involved. Which again, that takes this to a whole another level and escalates this to a whole another. Because when I was there, we went to the Lebanon border, the Syrian border, and we went to Gaza. And at every border, they said the, the bigger threat is Iran. That's who they're concerned about. That's who they're watching, and they feel like Iran has people in. Uh, on the near the Lebanese border, Syria, and uh, and, in, and in Gaza, and, and funding some of that stuff. Um, so, like, have you heard anything about that specifically? Because that's what people are looking like. This this doesn't make sense that there could be such a complete breakdown of of communication and intelligence. Right, um, that's it, exactly. And it was actually reported by the Wall Street Journal that they gave Iran uh, Iran supported the whole thing, mm. and. Uh, and and may have been involved in training as well because this oh my gosh there i mean this was a very coordinated attack and mm-hmm. 
um, it had to have been well researched. There, there was a you know a lot of, a lot of intelligence had to go into this, like when to attack. And of course, you know, there's now the two the within the last two weeks, the border riots. I'm sure we're part of it, but that was probably just like the end, uh, just maybe if they had to plant things there that they were going to get later um, mm. or just any last minute intelligence to gather. But um, Iran definitely, I mean, has been said to definitely support Hamas. But what we do know, and that actually brings me to uh, also another point, um, which could be the news for tomorrow, is that Hamas is also their proxy groups uh, all over the Middle East. So in mm. Syria, there's, you know, there's several and in Lebanon in southern Lebanon, Hezbollah Hezbollah is a very uh, large organization. It's even politically active in the Lebanese government and they control southern Lebanon. Mm -hmm. So they're already I mean, it's like a pot that's about to boil over mm -hmm. is what we're feeling here now, because there's everybody's looking like at the south, but with like one eye toward the north. Like, when is that going to spill over? Right. Uh, also, I just heard now that the, the Houthis in Yemen, who are mm -hmm. also supported by Iran, are mm -hmm. also starting to threaten, like, if, you know, if Israel does such and such to Gaza, we're going to get involved. And I did hear that they do have weapons that can reach Israel. I mean, that's mm -hmm. that would be the farthest compared to Lebanon and Gaza. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, also Hezbollah has an arsenal probably of 200,000 plus uh, missiles that they could and they have longer range and better missiles than than Hamas. But this as far as uh, since I have been here, as I, I don't know if I, I even said this before, I am I'm a journalist and I've mm -hmm. been covering this region for since I've been here for 20 plus years. Mm -hmm. Since I've been here, I've never seen something so sophisticated from the Palestinian side. I've mm. seen a lot of, you know, acts of terrorism. And definitely there have been also, you know, there was just uh, in the last couple of months, uh, um, a large resistance in in Janine, which is in the West Bank. Mm -hmm. But this is probably the most sophisticated, which does point to outside funding, not just funding, but training. I think mm. the the key is the training. There's a lot to plan ahead. I mean, also, apparently they had 800 to 1000 uh, cross through, but I'm not sure where those numbers came from. There's so much news actually that's coming mm -hmm. out. And I don't know if that was their numbers or Israel's numbers, but if a thousand people came through, we don't yet know who's accounted for, mm. who's been killed, who's been caught, and who is still on the loose. <clears throat> and meaning, meaning today, that there's there's terrorists potentially in Israel maneuvering around that are not contained yet, that they're not they're not they're not neutralized or captured yet. Exactly. I'm hearing reports that they are looking at. <laughs> arming more of the citizens um which i'm as a as a person in california we have very 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 strict gun laws but we still have um we still have a second amendment do, 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 how how does that work in israel when i was in israel all the ex-military i was with were all armed and so would that have made a difference on these border cities uh, if if the citizens were more armed, now it seems like Israel is looking at getting people more armed. I know the gu the the gun laws are strict, but there's also a lot of ex-military, you know, because everyone serves yeah. for the most part. What, what do you what do you make of that in terms of just the the self-defense aspect of this, or the or is it or is it 
not even comparable when 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 you have you know terrorists entering <clears throat> civilian areas um it definitely would make a difference um i had always felt like when i got to when i when i moved here i felt like israelis were more armed than americans <clears throat> however the numbers don't prove that out they're actually less armed but if you're a soldier on duty you will have your weapon with you i mean if you're off duty and off duty but current active soldier you will have your weapon with you mm -hmm. but there's probably just not there probably weren't an, enough armed people mm. in in this in these communities and mm -hmm. also they were sleeping mm -hmm. when this happened you know many of them were sleeping so um yeah it's just it, I, there's definitely not enough army now i know that the current um in not interior minister national defense minister of internal defense what is his name uh anyway i know the name in hebrew but uh, so he's like the internal defense minister not the mm -hmm. defense minister he had talked about arming he wants to arm more israelis to counter terrorism uh that was occurring uh in the streets but this was mm -hmm. several months ago and so mm -hmm. i don't think that, that yet has happened so that was already okay. talked about but for other reasons, mm -hmm. not even for this. Mm -hmm. So yeah, can you give us a kind of a a breakdown? Because we were able to go into Bethlehem and we were able to go into the West Bank and go into a lot of these places. And I got an update from actually a pastor there, um, and they were doing a lot of evangelism, evangelistic work in Gaza. And you know, I believe there's a thousand yeah. Christians in Gaza. Um, that yeah. that it's not just like this 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 war is 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 just awful and and horrible and I don't think people who are, are a lot of our audience is going to be on uh, you know obviously pro Israel and standing with Israel as they should but I don't think people understand that these people are not a monolith that everyone there is not a terrorist that that even though the, the Hamas won in what they say is a fair election. Um, that there are Christians there. That there's, I met a lot of Palestinian Christians right when I was in, yeah. in, in in the old city in in uh, the West Bank. Um, so can you just kind of give us like first before we we get into the Christian aspect of it, but can you kind of give us just a breakdown of like the difference between the West Bank and Gaza, where Israel completely pulled out of Gaza in 2005, and the West Bank they're still you know kind of controlling it more or less. Yeah, I'm glad you asked because that's such an important issue, and I know exactly what you're saying. You know, like the, there's there's the pro-Israel crowd, and then there's the anti-Israel crowd, mm -hmm. or the pro-Palestinian crowd, and I it's way more complicated than that. You know, it's like you said, yeah. it's not a monolith. The Israelis aren't a monolith people, and the and and also the Palestinians, and so I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. So just to explain, like, so geographically, you know, there's israel let's say and then within israel there are two major areas that are populated by palestinians and you know there is no solution in terms of they say one state or two state solution and by the way those two areas where palestinians live are not geographically uh connected mm -hmm. so um the gaza strip is in the south and uh it's there are 2 million people living in the Gaza Strip. And mm -hmm. like you said, a thousand of them are Christian. Mm -hmm. And it borders, the southern border of the Gaza Strip is with Egypt. Mm -hmm. Then the West Bank is a little bit um, 
Well, it's kind of like, I would say like a lima bean with like Jerusalem in the middle, but it mm -hmm. kind of like guts out around yep. uh, toward the Jordan Valley mm -hmm. and then down yeah. south uh, to Hebron. And um, so Palestinians live in, in communities there. Some are open to Israelis and some are not um, being mm -hmm. that being the actually the Israeli law or rule not like their Israel has, uh, you know, or maybe it's international less. Um, is there a border the around all of pa all of the West Bank or is there not fences around the West Bank? There is a fence around a portion of it. Okay. Because there's other parts, the there's other parts you can drive in and out of fairly easily, right? Right. Right. Yeah. So the what so in the south, like let's say the Bethlehem area, there's a fence mm -hmm. around it. But by the way, you can still drive in and out from the back mm -hmm. entrance. And then but then there are so the other communities outside of that, let's say so there are some that are compl like completely yes, blocked off by a fence mm -hmm. or a wall. And then there are other communities where here's a Palestinian neighborhood and then here's a Jewish neighborhood mm -hmm. and they're open and they can drive to each one. And mm -hmm. and then there's one checkpoint to get out of that entire area, but you can mm -hmm. travel freely within. Mm -hmm. So the Palestinians are, they don't have Israeli ID, ID mm -hmm. cards. So mm -hmm. they can't just cross the border at the checkpoint. Mm -hmm. They have to show their ID. They have to have a work permit mm -hmm. or, um, or they have to show their Palestinian ID or in their work permit. Mm -hmm. So, and then in Gaza, it's pretty much uh, sealed off completely. Yeah. Uh, the West Bank is a little bit more fluid. Yeah, so yeah. There's then, th three three million Palestinians in, I think, in the West Bank, and I I want to say close to two hundred of them have work permits to drive into Israel every day to work. Whereas in Gaza, there's I want to say two million Palestinians, but there's not back and forth. You're not driving in and out. If you're a Palestinian in Gaza, life is probably very different for you. Is that a, is yeah, that a fair assessment? I, yeah, the Palestinians describe Gaza as an open air prison. There's, they can't get in, you know, they're not getting in and out to Egypt, they're not getting in and out um, into Israel. And it's looked at, it's always been viewed as more of the, the dangerous uh, mm -hmm. place right. um, than the West Bank. Like you said, right. you went to places in the West Bank, you went mm -hmm. to Bethlehem, you know, it's pretty much, it's like three miles down the road from us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we can, we can freely go there. Um, you know, we can go in and out through a checkpoint there, but Gaza, no, you need a special permit to get in and they definitely need a special permit to get out. Yeah. Yeah. So, in in terms of um, the 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 tensions that have been brewing, it's because people are saying, "Hey, um, we we would like a quote unquote two state solution," but when we've when it, from Israel's perspective, they're like, "Well, we tried that in Gaza, and you guys elected Hamas, which is right. doesn't see Israel's right to exist." Uh, and in the West Bank, the party is the what is the party called? The, the, the Fatah the Fata party? Yeah, Fatah. Yeah. And they are a bit more moderate, and that is who they wanted to see elected in Gaza. So is Gaza kind of like what they what, an, an attempt at a two-state solution? Is that what happened in Gaza? And it just they kind of see it as a failure, and that's why they had the blockade and preventing any any uh, you know people going in and out. It's interesting. It's kind of like a de facto uh, two-state solution. Um, it was also when Israel pulled out, 
um, that is kind of when it, when it was sealed. Mm -hmm. um, Which is 2005, the and then they had the elections later where Hamas got voted right. in. Yeah. Right. And uh, Hamas is so the difference also uh, between Fatah and Hamas is um, Hamas is also an is Islamic rooted organization like that's mm -hmm. they're they're also uh, very like religious. And so in Gaza as well, there is more of a religious standard, kind of like Iran. You know, mm -hmm. there's a uh, hijab and uh, you know, um, fat, you know, it's just, you know, there's a lot, a lot of things that go um, in Islamic countries. Um, but in the West Bank, it's more, and Fatah is more secular, it's nationalistic, mm -hmm. let's say. Yes. So, yes. you know, there is, so a lot of Palestinians, like even Christian Palestinians might, you know, they, they would be pro pal they want a Palestinian state, they want mm -hmm. to be Palestinian. Mm -hmm. But um, they may not want necessarily Hamas as mm -hmm. their right. uh, ruling power, right. but they but they do, you know, they do identify like even, um, you know, Arabs that live in Israel, many mm -hmm. of them also identify as Palestinian mm -hmm. as far as a state and an ethnicity and a nationality. Mm -hmm. And if mm -hmm. you, you know, a lot of, you know, people are going to argue with that anyway and say it's not a nation it's not an ethnicity whatever they 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 that's identify how they identify yeah, yeah. Yep. and uh, yep. and and they don't consider their themselves israeli so mm -hmm. um and even if it, it and it supersedes for some of them it supersedes religion so it's not all about muslim it's all mm -hmm. it's just about palestinian national identity yeah yeah when i went to uh the oldest tattoo shop in the world it was ran by a palestinian christian family who went back 30 generations, um, and I believe they were a part of, I want to say the Assyrian church, the Assyrian Orthodox yeah. or, or Assyrian church. And so um, they um, identified as Palestinian Christians, even though they were working in the old city in the Christian quarter. Um, and I'm assuming they are Israeli citizens, but though I'm not 100% sure of that. No, they may not be. They, they may, may not be. They may not be Israeli citizens. They might just be residents. Mm -hmm. A lot of the non-Jews mm -hmm. in 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 Jerusalem uh, mm -hmm. area that are mm -hmm. that are born in Jerusalem are not citizens. They're they're just residents. They're permanent residents. So yeah, so that also probably lends to that um, you know craving for identity. Well, if you're not, if I'm not a part of Israel and I'm not an Israeli citizen and mm -hmm. I'm then. I'm Palestinian, and then it, it reinforces the identity as well. What are the what are that? What's the difference if someone is a is born in Israel and they're an Israeli citizen versus someone that's born in Israel, but maybe they're Palestinian, maybe they're whatever other ethnicity they are, um, and they are not Israeli citizens, but they work in the old city, like this Palestinian family who runs a tattoo shop. What does that practically look like? Because I think people don't quite understand when 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 they're talking about because because a lot of people throw out these 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 phrases open air prison apartheid right. Mm -hmm. um, what does that practically look like for someone that is a Palestinian, uh, born in Israel but not an Israeli citizen? Okay, so like for Jerusalem, for a lot of the uh, the Arabs in Jerusalem. Uh, are not citizens and mm -hmm. also the Armenians, by the way, uh, many of them, uh, because it started, you know, in 19, 
uh, Jerusalem was part of Jordan up until 1967, until mm -hmm. the Six Day War. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the people who lived there in, in the old city, um, in that the part that was Jordanian controlled, they just mm -hmm. you know kept their Jordanian passports, and mm -hmm. then the next generation that was born just inherited their parents' citizenship rather than got, like even though this was now under Israeli control, they did not automatically get Israeli citizenship. So mm -hmm. that kept perpetuating itself. Mm. And so as a permanent resident, you can uh, you can vote in municipal elections, you can't vote in national elections, and then mm -hmm. you also do not have a passport, which means that every time that you wanna travel, you have mm -hmm. to get a, a, a visa to that country and you have to get a visa to leave your leave the country and you mm -hmm. have what's called a laissez-passe a, a travel document not mm -hmm. a passport so there's a limit on freedom freedom of movement but they can live in israel and they can have israel israeli health insurance which mm -hmm. is like you know quasi-state-run health insurance mm -hmm. but yeah education their rights are a little bit better. Education there. Yeah, they pretty much get all the rights of mm -hmm. um, of a citizen, mm -hmm. except the freedom of travel is a lot tougher. And, um, you know, in voting in national elections. Got it. Got it. And so, yeah. So I think when we describe all of this, I, I, I'm asking I'm having you tease this out because I want people to understand that it's not cut and dry, mm -hmm. that it's not uh, Israel's good guys. Palestinians are bad guys, and then that's it, right? That that there's even between Gaza Strip Palestinians and West Bank Palestinians, there's probably a spectrum of difference um, in terms of some of their views and ideologies, and 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 their their day to day life is is probably very different. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's uh, you know, I don't want anybody to take this as there's justification for anything that went on, so. Mm -hmm separate current events from today but but let's understand gaza open air prison two million people stuck in this area um they don't love hamas most of them but can't say it hamas is um you know is 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 a dictatorship is a regime it's like you know iran the people who who are uh cheering on the protesters in Iran, they should be cheering on protests also there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the people are living under under an iron fist. There is corruption. They're living very poor. But then at the same time, they a lot of people will blame Israel for that as well, because mm -hmm. Israel controls the flow of goods. They mm -hmm. control the flow of, of uh, fuel mm -hmm. into the region. They control the electricity. Uh, people that are living in poverty uh, on, you know, there's, a I think, 40% unemployment in Gaza. Mm -hmm. And um, they, they don't have several hours a day of no electricity. So mm -hmm. what you hear about in war zones uh, is kind of their daily existence. So, mm -hmm. um, so it's really, you know, you have to look at, at both sides, like they're, they're, the Hamas rule isn't great, but their current circumstances Mm -hmm. aren't great uh, they're horrible and um there's probably you know there's not active religious persecution at the moment but there mm -hmm. has been there was somebody who was killed for being a christian I believe in 2007 mm -hmm. um the christians are just dwindling um over there uh but at the same time you know there's 
not much hope like they don't see light at you know at the end of the tunnel so <laughs> it's a festering situation it really you know it's a it's been like that for years it's never been taken care of and um i don't want to say oh you know this is the result of all of that and it just sure. boiled over uh, I don't want to make it sound like that, but I think we do need to look at uh, look at it in retrospect analytically as to how you could get to this point. Now, that being said, also Hamas is the sworn enemy of Israel, whose mission in its charter is to erase Israel from the face of, of the earth. So, you know, there, there's a, all I'm saying is that there's a lot of factors that are in, that are involved in this and um, and not to mention maybe according to some reports a year of training to carry out this mission that we have today go ahead Zach. so question um where as someone like you have a good pulse on what's going on there uh, where does it go from here ben shapiro tweeted pretty much he said if you say it's time for a ceasefire you are part of the problem kind of alluding to like eradicating Hamas entirely. Is this something that is going to end in a few days and in a few weeks and Israel just wants to like stop? Or did Hamas cross a line where they're like, we're going to eradicate Hamas at this point? Is it like a full-blown takeover of Gaza? Or or is it like, we just don't want war? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, there's there's no ceasefire in the cards after this. I mean, the the carnage. Mm -hmm. I didn't even start describing to to you the stories that we have heard. Mm -hmm. The absolute like the killing fields that you know have occurred in this last in this in this offensive. This is beyond comprehension. We are still comprehending it. We are watching all day long. Uh, people being interviewed in in the local media about the getting rescued after 24 hours in a shelter and then walking through uh, the streets running with blood uh, bodies all over mm -hmm. I, of their neighbors their their family members their children this is there's no ceasefire after this I mean if Israel if Israel um, agreed to a ceasefire. First of all, Hamas isn't looking like it's, they're still shooting rockets. I should actually tell you that despite I'm sitting here and it's all quiet and peaceful, that today there there was a, you know, nonstop barrage of rockets all in, the, mostly in the South, concentrated in the South, but also in Jerusalem and Tel Aviv. And um, as well, there were still active shooting incidents. There were still uh, they're still finding like, you know, somebody who's maybe who came in two days ago now is propping up here in another town and having a shootout. And they even warned people uh, who are when they're running to their bomb shelter, be on the alert for an ambush mm -hmm. because they don't have the situation under control. So even if Hamas decided to declare a ceasefire, would the operatives on the ground that are presently on the ground in Israel get the message and agree to it? I mean, they know this is a suicide mission, so why mm. would they actually stop anyway? Gotcha. So, I, you know, and Israel will look extremely weak. So, I, what, what's their end goal? Is it a complete takeover of the Gaza Strip? I, I don't, I don't know. Um, you know, 
what's well we'll find out in the coming days but there we are I, on the cusp of a ground invasion being launched they mobilized um, 300,000 plus reserves who are most of them concentrated now in the south and they're about to launch a ground invasion there probably tonight is the and by the way right before uh, we started this, we were getting messages that uh, residents, everybody around the country needs to go stock up for 72 hours, be prepared for 72 hours. And uh, they sent a list um, of what to get. And the stores, like I was just uh, peeking at the TV, the, the stores are, are emptying out even as we speak. So I don't know, you know, I, uh, does that mean it's going to start tonight? I mean, it looks like it's about to start tonight. Um, I'm getting, I mean, as we're speaking, I just have like, you know, 4,000 messages to like, you know, of updates here and there. Mm -hmm. And um, so I do feel like, so, so it's not just we're getting ready for, for war and should Israel declare a ceasefire. First of all, there's this issue of the hostages as well. What does Israel mm -hmm. do about the hostages? Yeah. There was, you know, I mean, this is, this is the, probably the craziest part of the story is that there's a hundred plus people, not just Israelis, but, you know, people that were caught in Israel. Some of them are foreign workers from mm -hmm. there is there. There's at least uh, 12 from Thailand mm -hmm. that are there right now. What do they have to do with this? <clears throat> there's also among the casualties, Americans, French, mm -hmm. Germans mm -hmm. um, and the and, and Thai as well uh, that were killed. I think 25 on one kibbutz alone. So um, so there's the issue of the hostages. There's there was a you know, they have the hostages aren't just Israeli soldiers. The hostages mm -hmm. are also children. Right. And and uh, grandmothers and grandfathers. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's 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 absolutely um, bizarre what's going on, um, you know, beyond imagination. It's un, uh, unprecedented. But the. It, it looks like not just is there not going to be a ceasefire, but it looks like it's about to open up on other fronts. Hmm. So, yeah, I don't think this doesn't end tonight. That's for that's for sure. Uh, and, yeah. and things are still ongoing. So what does that 72 hour stock up look like? Is it primarily just food? And is that because if missiles are to strike, they want people to have or like if grocery stores are to be destroyed? Like what what is the goal of that 72 hour stock up? And then what's after that 72 hours that feels comfortable to not stock up. All right, I'm gonna tell you what's on the list. Um, I mean, briefly, uh, three liters of water per person for 72 hours, dried and canned food supplies, lighting equipment, flashlights operated by batteries, means of receiving alerts and updates such as battery operated radio or portable batteries for mobile phones, medication, first aid, personal documents uh, and cash, and equipment for infants and pets per family's wow. needs. Yeah, so. And that's sent out by the government? That's, yes, it's sent out by the Home Front Command. So and is there that, any, no, go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. Yeah, is there, so what's, the, what's it like on the street then? People are running into stores, and sure, there's lines at the grocery store because a lot of the uh, civilians have once served, from what I believe. Are there a lot of civilians walking around with firearms at this point? Uh, only, only the ones that are that have a license, and I think the 
I'm pretty sure the numbers are less than America, like uh, the percentage of people of Israelis who who qualify to carry a firearm. I think it's it's stricter than the U.S. So gotcha. I don't think that I, you know, as many people are armed as you kind okay. of wish were at this point. But but mm -hmm. um, no, as far as so interestingly enough, um, and I've been it, it's it's surreal because the streets here are empty. They're quiet. Mm. It mm. feels like a, like a Shabbat, like Saturday when mm -hmm. everything shut down and everything is shut down except for the supermarkets. So earlier today, when we before we had this message, Tony, my husband was walking by. Um, he said, oh, I'll, I'll while I'm out, let me stop in at the grocery store. And he peeked in and the line was like, just like mm -hmm. all the way the length of the store. And he's like, all right, never mind. I'll come back later. <laughs> Yeah. But um, some people had a premonition, I guess, and were there this morning. But this message wow. that came in, I mean, this came in at like 8, 30, 9 o'clock at night. So mm. most of the stores are closed. I don't know if some stayed open, but they were just showing it on the news. Like they, they just showed that the, the shelves are getting wiped out. So Yeah, yeah so as they're going to go into Gaza, um, it, it, it's tricky because it almost sounds like it's that that is the logical conclusion and i understand why israel is going to respond the way they're going to respond but if there's hostages it almost sounds counterintuitive if there's any hope to rescue those hostages if they're going to go in on a ground operation and it sounds like they're telling the folks in gaza to get out right they they're trying to get them out of there before they go in and try to take out hamas i also hear that hamas tells the people in gaza to stay intentionally which can potentially cause more civilian casualties so I, I understand why that's happening, but doesn't that kind of sound counterintuitive if there's a desire to get these hostages out? Yeah, I think, you know, this is like, I'm very hesitant to report information that I can't confirm. But one of the many things I've read is that this is the first time that the Israeli government has said, which I can't confirm, that we just have to take out Gaza. We have to take out mm -hmm. Hamas. Mm -hmm. And we can't be concerned about the the hostages. I don't know if Gosh. that's official. I don't know if that was sent out by an inside source or if that's yeah. just Hamas psychological warfare. I don't know. What I do know is that already last night took a while until um, Israel decided to respond. Usually it's immediate, like couple rockets, a plane, couple rockets, mm -hmm. you know, another plane goes by, drops some bombs. Mm -hmm. This time they took... Um, a good full day until they responded. So last night, I heard planes all night. I hear them now, like you just, and I'm two hours away, but you just hear constantly the roar of planes in the background going. They took out 500 targets just last night mm. and and did not mm. stop today. So I, I, don't, I don't know what the count is now. I mean, I know that um, the, the death toll for Gaza, for uh, Palestinians was 600. Mm -hmm. um, a couple hours ago, it might be more now, but they are just relentlessly hitting targets in Gaza. And they haven't yet invaded um, by ground, but it's almost like they're maybe preparing for that to go. And so the yeah. war has, like the response has started, but it's been only by air. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think happens to the people in Gaza? Like, does Egypt take them in? Like, where did where do they go? Because from my understanding, they, Egypt's not super excited to take these folks in. Though I heard reports that Egypt was 
had opened up borders or was thinking about opening up borders. Um, so like, where, where do these folks go? Say the people that are getting the text messages from the government, they're getting the, I know Israel also sends down uh, the pamphlets, right. And telling people to get out. Yeah. Um, where do you think the people from Gaza go? And then what do you, where do you think this, what do you think happens to Gaza? Like, are they just going to completely just take over Gaza a hundred, a hundred percent until they get rid of all of Hamas? Is that where this is going? Yeah, you know what? I have no, I don't know what their end game is with this. I mean, I don't know if the end game is to wipe it out, to dismantle the Gaza Strip. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to know something interesting about taking out Hamas? The highest leaders of Hamas aren't even in Gaza. Mm-hmm. They're in Qatar. They're in, uh, some of them were in Turkey a while ago. I mean, I don't know where they are, but they're not in Gaza right mm-hmm. now. So you're just taking out all of the, uh, you know, from a certain level on down. And mm-hmm. of course, um, how it's, it's not so easy to know who is Hamas and who is just a regular Gazan Palestinian sure. as yeah. well. Um, so that's, that's another, difficulty or challenge for mm-hmm. for the army to face now obviously bombs don't discriminate when they're falling they're falling and whoever mm-hmm. is under them gets hit whether they're hamas or it doesn't matter but um yeah i i don't i don't know what if if it's to take out the whole gaza strip if it's to um you know I don't know what the people there's there's already 80,000 refugees within the Gaza Strip, mm-hmm. according to the UN, mm-hmm. uh, where they go. I don't know. I, I usually they never go anywhere. Usually mm-hmm. they just rebuild. Um, mm-hmm. They usually do, just do rebuild think, right there. Do you think that that's going to happen or do you think they're, that, 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 that because of what happened this time, they're, they're going to, to, to completely wipe out Gaza? I really don't know. I don't I can't see. I can't see that they would completely wipe out Gaza. I mean, it's 2 million people. Mm. Are neighboring countries going to get involved, like in support of Hamas and Palestine? Or because I've, I mean, I've heard, I'm not super educated on this, that Iran uh, funds Hamas a bit. Are neighboring countries going to get involved if if Hamas leaders are in Turkey and, and stuff like that? Right. So what. Well, probably uh, here. My my opinion is yeah. that um, Egypt and Jordan, which are major countries on Israel's border, will not want to get involved because okay. they're they have like kind of um, relations with Israel, not super warm. But I don't think they want to have bad relations with Israel. I don't think they want to start fighting. Yeah. But um, you know, like you said, uh, Iran has interests here, but Iran has groups like they fund. They actually also fund the Islamic Jihad, which is another terrorist group. So we're talking about Hamas a lot right here, right yeah. now, because Hamas is full credit for this. But there is another organization called the Islamic Jihad, and they're the ones that launched uh, the, the last round of rockets, actually. And they're also um, operating in the West Bank and uh, Iran also funds them, but the proxies that Iran has are in three places that I can tell you that I know of, uh, Lebanon, Syria, and Yemen. So Yemen is far, but has the capability of launching 
missiles here um, and Syria and Lebanon are right on the northern border. So what I, I could see that they get dragged in um, thanks to their proxy groups that are there, that they're, you know, op that are they're letting operate in their country. So I could see that happening. But I, I would find it hard to believe Egypt and Lebanon getting involved. Mm. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's so it's so Sorry, interesting. Egypt and Jordan. I just misspoke. I would find it hard that Egypt and Jordan would get involved. Not okay. Lebanon. Yeah, yeah, Lebanon, yeah. 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 It, it's so interesting mm -hmm. that when we were when I was there a year ago, it, it's it's almost like they were they they were preparing for all of this. Like they knew the, the Lebanon was a threat. They knew Syria was a threat. Obviously, Gaza, Iran, like all this stuff. It, it they. they they, the people who walked us through the geopolitical tension like explained it all very well. So none of this is like, it's surprising in how unprecedented it is, but it's not surprising in that it happened. Like it, it, it makes sense because it seemed like they were they were gearing up and ready for it to some degree. Um, wow. Um, you got any other questions, Zach? Mm -mm. I, I no. mean, I think I think my question for you, Nicole, is like, how can people be praying specifically for the people of Israel? Um, and 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 is there anything else we can do? Are there don uh, charities we can donate to? Like what 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 can we do on a on a practical level? Uh, um, I think I I don't I don't have any specific charities right now, but I'm going to look that up because you're not the first person who asked me that today, mm -hmm. and so I should know. But honestly, this just happens so fast that people are actually. I mean, just so you like. I don't know what's happening in Gaza and with the Palestinians, and I, I'm not here to be, you know, the, I can only report to you what I know from the geographical place that I'm in, and I'm in mm -hmm. Israel, and I can see what Israelis are doing, and I know that they're out there from the day after, donating blood, collecting donations, setting up soup kitchens, um, you know, kind of soup kitchens, bringing food to the border, um, bringing equipment to uh to the army, to the guys who are in reserves that are going down there now. Um, they, I have a friend, uh, she texted me yesterday, no, I can't talk to you right now. I'm in the, at the Dead Sea. And I'm like, what are you, you're at the Dead Sea? I'm like, what is she on? She was, that's where they're housing some of the refugees. They brought people, well, the refugees within Israel. There are now mm. refugees within Israel that had to mm. leave the southern communities. So they're um displaced for now um probably people are, i don't know how they rebuild these uh, these uh, kibbutzes in the south mm -hmm. but a lot of people are determined they're going to go back that those are their houses so right now i think um well my I, my main prayer request especially as a journalist is to be able to differentiate and to discern between the truth and between disinformation. And there's there's a lot of that. There's so much information coming out right now. I don't wanna misspeak. I don't wanna misreport. Sure. And I wanna know what, you know, I wanna be able to um, to know the truth. And I, I think that 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 would do a service for, for, for all of us. We need to know the truth of what's happening. Um, so uh, I think prayers are, there's grief and destruction and trauma that to a level that Israel has never known and probably similar, similar, similarly in Gaza also among the people that are getting bombed there. Uh, so grief and trauma 
Uh, mm. You know, you can pray for that. I think you need to pray for wisdom. How does this, I, you know, pray for when I, you know, the Bible says to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And that's not meaning I'm rooting for a side. You know, mm. it, it, this is the city of God and pray for the peace there. I think peace, peace here is going to um, make a difference um, in the region. And it seems like they they were on the cusp, like of a pretty big breakthrough with regarding to more peace in that area. Um, I know we had the Abraham Accords from a few years ago, but there was also yep. a new uh, was it a treaty that was about to be signed to kind of normalize some of these relations in the Middle East. I mean, I think Israel, you know, from my understanding, it's it's probably the only democracy in the Middle East. It's the only place where the Christian population is growing, from what I've looked at, right in the Middle East. And so um, it seems like they they were right on the cusp of of some serious breakthrough in terms of more diplomatic relations with the rest of the Middle East, and and this I'm assuming probably derails it. Is is that kind of the sentiment on the ground? Like, gosh, we were we were so close to having some breakthrough with with some of the neighboring countries, right? And now this kind of this this is this is going to definitely curtail that a bit. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. I wonder if part of the um the impetus for this attack coming from iran was to kind of uh, derail the developing relations with saudi arabia because mm -hmm. israel right now the abraham accords began with the united arab emirates and bahrain with mm -hmm. israel normalizing relations mm -hmm. and um since then like po the positive effects well there were there have been other countries that joined morocco joined uh, kosovo um, and uh, Sudan, um, but the positive implications of that were that it, it, it warmed relations that already existed with mm -hmm. Jordan and with Egypt. Mm -hmm. So it was really like, it, you know, if you looked at it from that positive standpoint, it was, you know, um, peace was spreading or at least economic cooperation was spreading. Mm -hmm. So everybody had long said that if Saudi Arabia and Israel can normalize relations, that would be amazing. But um, I, it looks like that's going to be delayed. I don't know if it's going to be derailed, but it also was never fully confirmed. You know, you had like some sources saying, oh, it's going to happen any day now. And then you had some mm -hmm. sources say, no, it's all hype. So um, regardless, nobody's going to talk about that now. It's going to yeah. be delayed by several months. Yeah. We've had some. Go ahead. Uh, I'm not sure if, like, are, if you're keeping up with kind of the online response, but what do you think is the uh, biggest misconception maybe from Americans in the West at this point? I'm question. not sure if you're keeping up with stuff on Twitter or if, if you're seeing anything, but what do you think as someone that's there is the biggest misconception? That is such a good question. Look, I've been here 20 years and I came from one perspective. Like I came from the Christian, more like Zionist perspective. And I thought there were only Jews here pretty much. And then there were a couple, mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, there were, um, everybody that hated the Jews. It was Jews or people that hated the Jews. And then I met so many Arabs and I realized Arabs could be Muslim or Christian. And then I realized that actually society here is quite integrated. You would be surprised 
that on a daily basis, I, you know, will go to the supermarket and the Russian Jewish clerk is checking me out, um, at, you know, checking out the, the groceries that I just bought from the Arab Muslim that works, you know, that, that works at, um, at the butcher counter. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so it's, it, so there's, uh, there's, I don't, there's a very black and white approach in everything these days politically. And that's very hard to do here. So while I can't answer that question, like specifically with one point, what I would say is to encourage people to, um, just pause and not maybe get so black and white when it comes here and say that Israel's, oh, you know, always good or Palestinians always good um, um, or, or bad, you know, like, or Israel's always bad, you know, like there, there's, mm. there's a lot of extreme, there's Hamas's extreme, BDS, which is the boycotts, divestment uh, sanctions against Israel. That's extreme on the other side. Okay, don't go to the extremes, like find, um, you know, do do your research and learn about the people here. I think that's the most important is to learn about the people here. I have friends across the spectrum, and I think it's like that's really important. What would you say that just the the day to day temperament of the Israelis are towards the Palestinians, towards a possible two state solution? What would you say your Arab friends and and the Palestinian friends temperament is to uh, <coughs> the, the Israelis? It it it, it it seemed people seemed more way more sensible on the ground and reasonable on the ground and even the israelis that i that i would talk to they were they they didn't deny that israel wasn't perfect and that israel can sometimes be heavy-handed with some of their responses but they they just kind of were like well what do you what do you want us to do in this situation right um is that kind of what 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 how do you how you feel to, it is with the, with the folks on the ground well i would say like the folks on the ground today are different than the folks on the ground a week ago. This has really rattled people. And every time there are attacks like this, it really raises the tension. So right now, there's a lot of suspicion. It's it's kind of a horrible situation. There's a lot of suspicion. You walk around, who's that person? What are mm. they doing? Where mm. are they from? How are they thinking of me? I had somebody message me today, and she said, as far as I'm concerned, they can wipe out all of Gaza. <clears throat> Gosh. Then I had uh, uh, an Arab friend who said they must have had inside information, you know, and <clears throat> so now I'm going to be viewed with suspicion because, you know, it could be any of us. Mm. Um, so there were a lot of, uh, it, it also, um, there will be extremists in both camps. Mm -hmm. We're already getting messages that uh, some of uh, the Israelis are saying, like in these really, really extreme groups, very extreme, small but saying, if you find an Arab, just, you know, do to him what they did to our people in the South. Wow. Um, and I'm sure, yeah, and I'm sure there's the same things happening. I, you know, I'm sure that the Arabs are also like right now, the Arabs in Israel are probably actually scared, you know, and, mm. and probably trying to like, you know, step back a little bit, but mm. it just inflames tensions. And um, I don't think, it, you know, this basically, this just pivoted the earth on its axis just to say that whatever people thought before about mm -hmm. two state or one state mm -hmm. or 
any kind of solution, I think most people are going to be rethinking that. I don't know about the people in government. Mm -hmm. They'll, you know, they may already have that mapped out what they want to do. And mm -hmm. maybe this is not going to change this, change their minds. But mm -hmm. for the people on the ground, a lot of things have changed, I would say, as of this weekend. Wow. Wow. Okay. That's, that's heavy. Um, is, uh, your, is your husband still there? Does he want to add anything that we may have missed? I always love his insights. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, the situation is pretty, pretty bad. Um, so I, I heard your last talk about, you know, this spilling over into the communities here between the Arab communities and Jewish communities. Mm -hmm. And there is chatter in those, you know, WhatsApp groups, extremists, you know, Jews saying, go out, kill Arabs, Arabs mm -hmm. saying, go out and kill Jews. Um, so it's kind of scary. I mean, you know, for me to take out my kids and go to the, I don't know, to the store to buy something, you never know what you're going to encounter. Um, so it's, it's very, very tense, very, very tense. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm kind, I mean, I'm following the news. It's driving me nuts, really. I mean, it's just, I'm, I just can't keep up. It's like, there's so many, so much footage out there about what's happening. That's just horrible. Mm -hmm. I don't even know what's right and what's wrong anymore. It's like, just so much um so yeah it's it's really hard i don't i don't know what to say i'm speechless really about the whole situation mm. um so yeah so anyways for armenians here i mean i'm sure i mean you know christians here are like i mean we're very little in numbers um and we're probably going to be in the middle of all of this you know so I don't know. I don't know. We've we've had our own share of problems in, in the Armenian quarter, which you're mm -hmm. aware about. Yep. yep. And uh, there was on the same day that these attacks were happening, we had another incident there where um, an Armenian was attacked by a bunch of uh, you know settlers, and um, it was a full-on fight, and uh, an Armenian got pepper sprayed and knifed. So, mm. um, so I was like, man. I mean, what is this? What is this coming to? Um, so yeah, I mean, there's nowhere safe. I mean, you don't, you know, you want to be, you just want to be careful where you're going, what you're doing. Uh, with the kids, I don't want to go out with the kids. We kind of are home most of the time. Mm -hmm. um, you guys said it's like COVID all over again, almost. Yeah, pretty much. It's like a lockdown again. Everybody's saying that. Yeah. It's like a lockdown again. It's like <clears throat> the kids are like. I mean, today they had a Zoom call. Was it today they had a Zoom call? Yeah. I mean, we're With back to the Zoom school. stuff, which is just also horrible. Not great. Mm. We don't want to go back to that. And yeah, just pray that, you know, it's not going to escalate, which at this point looks like it is going to escalate. But uh, yeah, that's that's the situation. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, thank you guys for sharing. Let me pray for you guys and we pray for Israel and We'll wrap up. I know it's late over there. Thank you so much for doing this. Uh, Father, I thank, thank you, you for my friends. I thank you um, that they're safe. I thank you that their family is safe, that their children are safe. Um, and we just pray for the people in Israel, Lord, that um, are grieving today and who are um, just feeling this, Lord, in a, in, a, in a way we can't even imagine over here, Lord, that that uh, this isn't a, a news story, that these are people's friends, families, um, their their country, Lord, that's being rocked by evil, Father. 
And so um, we pray for uh, the, the people, the Palestinians, Lord, in the West Bank and in Gaza. Um, you know how complicated the situation is. You know how 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 multi-layered and multifaceted this is. And, and we just pray, Lord, that um, that you you would have your way, Lord, that you would give the people in leadership wisdom, um, that you would protect people, um, that you would um, ultimately, Lord, that, that you would reign and you would uh, hopefully restrain evil as much as possible, Lord, in these situations. Um, that there's no, there's no, there's no winners in these, in these wars, Lord. Um, that there's only losers. And oftentimes it's, it's civilians and, and innocent people that um, get the short end of the stick, Lord. So just pray for Israel, Lord. I pray for the, for the leaders. I pray for all the people there. I pray for all the people suffering right now. We pray you give them comfort. And I pray uh, you give all of us uh, just wisdom to discern truth from fiction, um, truth from uh, ideologies, Lord, that are, that are false, and, um, and, and, and help us be praying and doing what we can, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We pray these things. I pray specifically for Nicole and Tony and their family. I pray you cover them, Lord, in your blood and uh, protect them, protect their friends, protect their family, Lord. And uh, may this be, um, may this end as, as peacefully as possible. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, I'll put your guys's uh, Nicole. I'll put your channel in the dis in the description, and I'm looking forward to your updates. I've been watching them every day, um, and so uh, yeah. Hopefully, Thank people you. keep up with you and get, get the updates. And I'll also link the video that we did earlier about a year ago. Uh, you guys kind of breaking down some of the political yeah. dynamics there. I think will actually help people get, get a broader picture of all of this. So yeah. thank you guys so much and keep us updated, please. Thanks thank so much. You. Thanks for your interest and your concern. All righty, guys. Appreciate it. All right. All right.